This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. Today we start a brand new series called Anthems and we're going to be uh, studying the purpose of worship. We are going to be looking specifically at worship music. We picked five anthems in our church and we're going to be looking at those lyrics. And uh, I heard this story years ago from Francis Chan when he was pastoring in uh, California. He said he was leaving church one day and a lady stopped him and simply said, uh, I didn't like worship today. We've heard that from time to time. Too loud. Uh, didn't like the songs, right? Whatever it was. And I thought Francis Chan had the best response to this statement. He simply said, that's okay. We weren't worshiping you. Mm, let's go home. You notice when I really have something strong to say, I quote another preacher. Have you figured that little thing out? I was like, I really want to say something. And so a lot of times I just give attribution to people who never said anything uh, that I just said. But Francis Chan actually did say that. And so maybe, and you've seen this on the cover of magazines years ago, 20, 30 years ago, it was called Worship Wars. And churches were really uh, dealing with a lot of frustration between members, uh, transitioning from traditional to contemporary music. And it, it made some people really angry. And some of you may be in here right now. Uh, I remember I started in ministry. I was a worship pastor in South Georgia. And the pastor, I was hired. One of the reasons was to transition the church from traditional music to contemporary music. And we did that slowly and we worked through that. And I, I met several members. The sole purpose of the meeting was, and but we did it. And one of my favorite songs during that time was by Mark Lowry. Who's heard of Mark Lowry? He's a comedian. He was with the Gaithers, but he sang this song that kind of dealt with the worship wars. And in the first service, I tried to say the lines and I couldn't say them. So I had to sing them. And this is what we're actually talking about in this series, how the power of music. Like sometimes to say words is difficult, but when they're in your heart in a song, they, they just, they flow out of you. And so here was the song that Mark wrote to deal with worship words. It went like this. You may be Presbyterian, rather proper and severe. You may be Pentecostal, swinging from a chandelier. Episcopal, congregational, or maybe Nazarene, Methodist, Assembly of God, or somewhere in between. We can count the variations on our fingers and our toes. We got Catholics and Lutherans and lots more, heaven knows. We got stacks of facts and doctrines on which we could disagree. But if your heart belongs to Jesus, then you belong to me. And everybody said, Amen. All right. So I blew those lyrics in the first service. It was bad. I was, I actually said, you may be charismatic, rather proper and severe. And I mean, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but then when I started singing it, it, it just flowed out of me. And that's what we're talking about specifically in this series. Music stirs our emotions does it stirs us something goes on and you know when you hear that song come on the radio and it's your song it's the song you listened to the night you met mm. you know it and some of you are thinking about it right now and it takes you there and that's why i love the country and i'm not going to do a ton of country music in this series and it's hard for me but i want to reach other people who haven't figured it out yet but but I just, that song from Rascal Flats, Take Me There. 
right? Oh, I just want to go back to your hometown and learn all about you, right? So you, these, oh, great songs. And then I think about Branson. We have patriotic music in this town. That stirs us. I don't know if you remember after 9-11, the emotions we were dealing with and emotions all over the map. And that's what I want us to understand in this series too. We're not just talking about one or two. Music takes us just everywhere with our emotions. And off of the same event, Alan Jackson wrote a song called Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? And, and that, that was a contemplative song. And off of the same event, Toby Keith wrote a song called Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, originally called Angry American. And I don't know if many of you remember the controversy, but Peter Jennings wouldn't allow that song on the air. And I remember Peter Jennings saying, Toby sounds mad in the song. Do you know why? Yeah, he was. He was very angry. And he wrote a song. This is what music does. It stirs our emotions. And we're going to talk about that in this series. But I, I want to start, make sure we're clear. When we use the term worship, worship is more than music. Worship is music. And we're going to see today and we're going to talk specifically about singing. But worship is music, but it's more than music. It's more than a day of the week. It's more than music we sing on Sunday inside a building. Worship is obedience. Worship is prayer. Uh, worship is, is tuning our mind, and as you just heard Tim Keller say in the bumper video, it's, it's filling our hearts and minds with the beauty of who God is and allowing all else to be crowded out with that worship and not giving our worship to anyone or anything else. So yes, music, worship is more than this, but we want you to know worship is also music. And it's something we do on Sunday when we gather together in this space, outside, over at the chapel, online. So we are talking about music. So let's start with a couple things to intro this series before we look at what he's done, the anthem we picked for today. We want to talk about why singing matters and what we sing matters. In Psalm 27, in verse 6, we read, I will sing and make music to the Lord. He is the one we worship and the only one we give worship to. In Psalm 511, we read, we sing for joy. And that's what I loved in Pastor Keller's uh, opener there for us. It's like when we worship, it's, we should be filled with gratitude and joy. Now, before we go any further, some of you are going, Ted, I can't sing. I'm terrible at singing. I've moved around this congregation for years, and I'll agree with you. <laughs> uh, some of you can't sing, and that's okay. That's okay. Psalm 100 and verse 1 says, make a joyful noise, and we want your noise. We want your song. We want your singing. My kids tell me my voice is too loud. They say, Dad, when you sing, I'm saying, I let it out. And it's, oh, I just remember, I went to Dallas Seminary where Chuck Swindoll was the president. And I can still hear him from the front row, not mic'd. You heard him all the way to the back singing, a mighty fortress is, I mean, wah. And I just kind of took those moments where that's going to be, I'm going to belt it out wherever I am. Woodland Hills, Applebee's, <laughs> airplanes, uh, and then you know the singing gets even better when you put headphones in. <laughs> but we want this series to, to, for each one of us, for it to well up inside of us that we can't hold it in anymore. Psalm 149, verse 1, let's keep with the why. Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. 
Some of you prefer the old songs. The anthems we're looking at in this series are going to be newer songs, and we'll talk about that. His praise in the assembly. I hear this a lot from people. They go, well, I don't need to be with others to worship. That is true. But you need to be with others to worship. That is true as well. We gather corporately to worship the Lord together and to declare to the Lord our love for him and our desire to sing his praises. So, yes, we in the assembly of his faithful people. Psalm 9, verse 11. Sing praise of the Lord and throne in Zion. Proclaim among the nations. So do you understand when we gather to worship, right, we are proclaiming the Lord among the nations. We're proclaiming the Lord to those who don't know the Lord. I hear this all the time. Worship should only be for believers. That is true. Believers worship, but when we worship lost people, listen, and we're proclaiming the Lord among those who don't know the Lord. Uh, I shared some quotes last week from Lee Strobel. I've been reading a lot of Lee's stuff lately, and uh, his testimony, if you get time to Google Lee Strobel's testimony, he was a journalist for the Chicago Tribune who uh, was an atheist when his wife became a believer and his wife started inviting him to church, and he was researching it all and trying to figure it out. But not, he just didn't, you know, turn to God. Like, he, he didn't believe in God, didn't believe there was a God. And he started going to church with her. And I just love this part of his testimony when he says, I'm one morning in the shower getting ready, and I'm singing the music from that church. I'm singing the songs and the words. And he goes, I had a moment where I'm like, stop it, Lee. You don't believe a word of this. That's the power of music. That's what music, that's what our worship songs do. And some of you may not, you don't know the Lord. You're here today. You've been coming to Woodland Hills for a while. These songs are getting in you. And you're now having to wrestle with the question, do I believe these words that are in me right now? Psalm 59, 16, continuing with the why. But I will sing for your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love. So when we sing the why, we sing for who God is and what he has done. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Psalm 71, verse 23 says, My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. So when we praise, part of the why is we're thanking the Lord for delivering us. Uh, we're going to see today in what he's done, thanking the Lord for our salvation. Uh, as I read this psalm this week, it took me to the book of Exodus. And uh, I just want to take you to the end of the Exodus, to chapter 14, give you that picture real quick, and then let us look at what they did once they were delivered. The Israelites were delivered from the hands of the Egyptians. We read in Exodus chapter 14, verses 29 through 31. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And watch this, because this is going to end up in the song that they sing. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. This is important. So the Israelites have a visual in their mind of the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. Verse 31 and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. What do they do immediately after this? They have a worship service. And in chapter 15, we get the song, the worship song that they sing to the Lord. Look at these lyrics. It says in Exodus 15, right after they see the dead bodies on the shore, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. How about lyrics? Look at these lyrics. 
Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. I wonder what Peter Jennings would say about that. Those are strong lyrics. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My Father's God and I will exalt him. So part of our worship, yes, we praise God for who he is. We praise him for his righteousness, for his character. But we also praise him for what he has done. Psalm 92 and verse 4, for you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wondrous acts. So here's where we start with the why. We worship at Woodland Hills with songs that praise God for who he is and what he has done. Does anybody remember this song from years gone by that goes, And Lord, I praise you because of who you are, not for all the mighty things that you have done. Let me, let's remind all of us, you can praise God for who he is and for what he has done. And that's what we do, and that's what this series is going to walk us through as we look at these anthems. So that's the why. Let's talk about the what. What we sing matters. And first thing we're going to look at is music helps us memorize and meditate on words. Now, I'm 49 years old, and for 45, 46 years of my life, I've had this song memorized since I was very young. I heard it for the first time. I can't get this stupid song out of my head. And it'll be in my head until the Lord returns, and probably, this is my fear, it's going to be with me throughout all eternity. <laughs> and the song goes like this, and you can finish it for me if you want. Five, eight, eight, two, three hundred. Yeah! Does that drive you crazy? That's the power of music, though. You got a phone number memorized for the rest of your life because of music. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Think about all the jingles that you've heard. That's the power of music. That's why in this series we want to look at words. Words are important. I can sing for you. I'm not going to do it today. And some of you are like, you can't. I think I still have it memorized from high school. And you give me the first word and I'd have the whole song and I'd rattle it off. Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire. Right? That's what music does. Uh, my son and I... Uh, the first time we, I gave him this clip, some of you have heard this in my marriage talks, but uh, we, I showed him when he was about five years old the German Coast Guard clip. Look it up. It's a great clip on YouTube. Guys being trained day one on the German Coast Guard, and the Mayday comes in. Mayday, Mayday, we are sinking, we are sinking. Uh, hello? This is the German Coast Guard. Mayday, Mayday, we are sinking, we are sinking. Uh, what are you sinking about? The guy falls over in laughter. My son thinks this is the funniest thing he's ever seen. And a few weeks later, we're driving down the road. And I start singing a hymn from my childhood. Why? Because these hymns are in me. I can't get them out. And I start singing a hymn from my childhood that goes like this. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. And from the back seat, I heard, and what were you singing about? And mom and dad, we all need to be reminded our children are listening, watching, remembering, and repeating. Jared Coulter, our student and young adults pastor, said after the last service, he says, it's probably one of my favorite thing, things about the anthems is when my five-year-old is singing along word for word with me songs that we sing and worship to the Lord. Is there anything? So this series, let this be a series of family discipleship as well. 
Okay, so as we talk about words, this is very important in music. We must examine the lyrics. And, and this is really, this one point here is the heart behind this whole series. We must examine the lyrics as we enjoy the melodies. And think about what we're saying in, in these songs. So a few years ago, I was traveling with Doug Goodwin, and we got to O'Hare, and we had a flight delay. And it's like 10, 11 p.m. at night. And we're told it's going to be a couple hours. And, like, Ugh. and I, I look over, and I see John Ashcroft sitting at the gate, headed back to Springfield with us. If you don't know who John Ashcroft was, he was our governor at one time. He was the attorney general under George W. And he was sitting there late at night at O'Hare looking like he's heading into a meeting. He had a suit on. His tie was on. I'm in a hoodie and shorts. Didn't really feel appropriate to go say hi. But I was like, I, I want to meet him because I, I just remember stories from him. And I've heard some great stories of John Ashcroft. And I went over, introduced myself. And and I had no idea what I was stepping into, but I was about to get a one-hour lecture. And I'm not exaggerating. It wasn't a 45-minute lecture. It wasn't a 30-minute lecture. It was one straight hour. Anybody want to know what he lectured me on? And Doug? <laughs> I imagine Doug. Uh, worship. And he, I just, I'll never forget, he, he is passionate about worship. Like, passionate about the music we sing in church. He said, Ted... Do you spend time each and every week thinking about the words you're putting in the mouths of people? Yes. <laughs> I think I tagged it with, sir. Yes, sir. He goes, I don't think churches do it enough anymore. I think we get these new songs that just get us moving and whoop, 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 and we're not thinking about the words. He says, because I've been in some churches and the lyrics ain't good. I, I don't think he said ain't, he, uh, but I... He said that not good. And I just I was just reminded in that moment. I remember coming back and telling our team, I'm like, okay, we we have got to think through the lyrics. And we we are discerning with the lyrics. We want to be discerning with the lyrics. And you probably didn't know it, but even last week, the 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 song that played during uh, baptism, we changed one line in that song because we know a lot of people come to Woodland Hills Family Church and a lot of people want to be baptized, and they think that the baptism is their salvation. And we have to say, no, 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 this is your first step of obedience. You're walking into the water and professing outwardly the inward decision. The decision. It's an outward declaration and profession of faith of what Christ has already done in your heart. And there was one lyric that didn't back up. And we just said, you know, if we put that in the mouths of people, it's going to reinforce what so many people already believe. And we want to teach the gospel clearly. And so Colossians chapter 3 kind of our verse we're taking through this series let the message of christ dwell among you richly and we want every and we picked anthems and you'll see it in the anthems it's it's the ministry of christ to the death of christ to the resurrection and then the church being born i love when the the lyrics of a song and i even love when a chorus goes through all of that but we're going to look at the message of christ in all of these songs and how does it dwell in us richly well, as you teach and as you admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, speaking here specifically of Old Testament psalms, which, yes, those are what the Israelites sang, but it's also the songbook of the early church. So sing those psalms, hymns, the newer songs of the church. Your translation may read spiritual songs, but songs from the Spirit. Singing to God, as we've already done this, this morning, with gratitude in your hearts. John Piper, speaking of this passage, puts it this way. A congregation learns its theology and takes it down into the crevices of their soul by the songs that they sing, not just the preaching they hear. 
And that's why we must examine the lyrics. Augustine, he's even stronger with this, but he says it another way. Yet when it happens that I am more moved by the singing than by what is sung, I confess myself to have sinned wickedly. And then I would rather not have heard the singing. We must think through what we sing. And today we're looking at what he's done. And we're going to look at this great song and this great anthem. And we worship more about the what and the why. We worship with songs that praise God for our salvation. And that is the theme behind what he's done. As we will sing and worship together with uh, at the conclusion of this message and at the conclusion of our gathering today. Psalm 96, 1 and 2 says this, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Give testimony of what the Lord has done, and some of you will take these anthems as your testimony. So let's jump into the lyrics of this anthem, what he's done. And it's, it's probably the simplest of the five songs, uh, the five anthems that we'll look at over the next five weeks, but declares a powerful message. See on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me. My Jesus set me free. And look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from his side, no greater sacrifice. If you have your Bibles and want to turn to Philippians 2, because it's what I'm going to encourage you to do as you listen to worship at home and uh, at work and as you drive, uh, is to, to be thinking about not just the song and the lyrics, but the passages that correlate with it. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, uh, we, we get this, and being found in the appearance of the man, he humbled himself, Jesus, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And when you read Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5, it says, let this mindset be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what's that mindset? And have this mindset in all of your relationships, that who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Instead, he emptied himself becoming obedient to death on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And we sing this weekly at our church. We sing about Christ and all he has done for us and for our salvation at Woodland Hills Family Church. Something very important to understand about this text. No one forced Jesus to the cross. He was not coerced. He did this willingly, not begrudgingly. And that's when we get to the chorus as we'll sing. And I hope you sing it out loud. I hope you make a joyful noise today like you've never made a joyful noise. What he's done, what he's done, all the glory and the honor to the son. And th these are lyrics that have just been in me. And by the way, this is at my funeral. I, I keep a funeral list of what I want upon my death. And this song is there. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what he's done. And all God's people said. Yeah, let this be our song. Sing for the freedom he has won. Even death is dead and done. His life has overcome. Speak, say the name above all names. Over every broken place, he is risen from the grave. Going on in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore God exalted him. After he was obedient to death on the cross, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. If you are not a believer in Christ Jesus, listen to this next verse. That the name of Jesus, that that name every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father forever. And today, if you've never placed faith in Jesus, maybe some of you did last week, that today would be the first time you sing words about salvation, not just general theme, but you sing this song and you worship because of your salvation. 
because of what he's done for you, that you can put the words in your mouth, my sins are forgiven, my future is heaven. I praise God for what he's done. So let me, let me give you some homework before we worship together. Everybody loves homework. Uh, but I want to get real practi- practical with this. Number one, choose a worship song. I want you to pick a song, and maybe this week you just pick what he's done. And you download that onto your phone. Okay? I'm actually going to give you the playlist for the next five weeks. So if you have a camera, I'd encourage you to take a picture of this. Create the playlist on your phone. Uh, this would be a great... Here, here are the songs. And again, you don't have to pick from one of these five. You pick anything. This homework's going to work for any song that you pick. But today we're looking at what he's done. We're going to worship with this as we close. Next week we're talking about Battle Belongs. Whew, that's going to be a good one. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, Three, King of Kings, Travis is going to give us that one. Then on Lord's Supper Sunday uh, here in May, uh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. We're going to go through that anthem as we worship, learn, and take the Lord's Supper together. And then uh, i got to be honest with you, the, the moms on staff and in our creative meetings, we, they put this song here, I Speak Jesus, because this is on Mother's Day. We're covering I Speak Jesus, and you know the lyrics of that song if you've been here for a while, I Speak Jesus, for my family. Just mentioning this song and quoting a few of the lyrics in staff meeting brought all the moms to tears. So I don't know what you're going to do on Mother's Day uh, when it's a whole service dedicated to it. But if you take a picture of that, make that a playlist. Choose one this week, and some of you are overachievers. How many of you were always looking for extra credit because you wanted 100 on everything? Let me just see your hands. Okay, calm down. You can do all five in one week and skip the next four weeks. Uh, number two, what I want you to do is once you download the song and you're playing it, hit view full lyrics. That's exactly what it says on Apple iTunes Music. View full lyrics as you listen. So now you're engaging more than one sense here. You're going to read as you listen. You're going you're gonna to contemplate the words. It's going to help you memorize and meditate, but view full lyrics and think through what you're singing. Think through the words that are coming out of your mouth. Number three, identify the main theme. Very important. So today the main theme is salvation. Uh, identify the main theme, and then I want to give you this. Uh, Travis Bronner got on me after the last service because I said, here's what I want you to do. Google the name of the song, and then Google the name of the song or a lyric or a line in the song, and then just type in after that Bible verses and hit enter. Travis goes, you just gave them our preaching preparation method uh, to the whole congregation. That's it. No, that's not, but it's part of it, right? And you can go, I don't really know what this lyric is saying. Well, you're going to find a lot of the music we sing, they're just direct scripture quotations, the name above all names. So you could type in name above all names. Don't go to four yet. Uh, name above all names. Type that in and, and, and it'll take you to the text. And so now you're bringing Bible study into it. And then number four, sing it out loud with all you got. Make your joyful noise. And I do this. It drives my kids crazy. But I sing in the car. I sing at home. I sing in the shower. I sing in restaurants. Like while I'm waiting, and the kids will have to come to me and be like, Dad, you're, you know you're not, that's you're, not in your head. You're doing that out loud. <laughs> Give it all you got. Worship unto the Lord. As, uh, as before the band comes and as they come and get ready for worship, I, uh, I told you when I, I got out of college, I went and I was a worship leader. Actually, I was hired to be a student pastor in South Georgia, Southside Baptist Church. And I, I was hired to be a student pastor. When I got there, the pastor uh, said, why don't you do worship as well? So 
26-year-old senior pastor, uh, 22-year-old student pastor, worship pastor. How many of you remember growing up in church when the band got up from the seats and they came up and got ready and you knew the sermon was almost over? And you're like, woo! All right, so here you go. We're almost there. And I'll never forget, I'm 22 years old, and I don't, I don't have any training in music. I don't know how to play an instrument. And all I remember was the music minister at our church growing up, getting up. He wasn't trained either. <laughs> but all I remember were the big dramatic movements with his arm. And when his hand went up here, and you went higher. Anyway, so, you know, and so he would just do this. I'm 20. I'm up there doing the same thing. I just, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is what he did. And when the, when the song had a big crescendo, like Blessed Assurance, it was both hands. And we went like, and we'd hold it out. Uh, well, I remember I was only doing that for a couple of weeks. And this sweet senior lady came up to me and she said, I'd like to buy the church an organ. I'm like, I'm crushing it as a worship leader. I got somebody already wanting to donate an organ. What I didn't know she came with the organ. <laughs> she didn't know how to play an organ. And we learned that on the first Sunday we had that organ. I'm up there giving it all I got for victory in Jesus. And, we, and here's exactly how the morning went, and this is how she played the organ. Victory in Jesus. Bum, bum. And I remember, I can still see in my head the whole congregation <laughs> jumping my Savior forever. Bum, bum. She was right over here. And I, this was a church. I don't know if you remember when the pastor sat in thrones on the stage. You know what I'm talking about. We had two big thrones that went a foot and a half above our head. And here's Austin DeLoach and Ted Cunningham sitting on the throne before a service. Austin was on his throne. off, And this was the most mild manner, kind loving pastor you've ever met in your life, never confronted anybody, never said, just loving, kind, and he's sitting there. I can still see him as we're doing, my Savior forever, bump, bump. He sought me and bought me, bump, bump, with his redeeming love, bump, bump. And oh, the whole, con I see everybody getting mad. Austin's over there jumping on every bump, bump. He walks over and says in my ear, do something about that. And I, in the middle of leading victory in Jesus, I fly my way over to the organ. And I just go, stop. Just don't do any more. That woman left our church that day. And she took her organ with her. And I'm not, I'm not speaking down to any of us and how we were raised, but I do remember more than one occasion when a music leader would come running in three minutes before the service, grab a hymnal, and just pick three random songs. He didn't even know what was going to be preached that night. Three random songs, and it was bomp, bomp. And I, just, I, I share all that to say I'm grateful for a team that put time into this all week. They thought through what we're singing. Katie more than Matt. <laughs> but I'm grateful. I'm going to invite you to stand as we worship with what he's done today and for what he has done.